Good evening. Welcome to my instant reaction. We're at my dad's house. Watch the game together. The Niners are 11 and 3. That's the most important information. Here is my instant take on it. We're going to talk about Brock Purdy, talk about Diamador Lenore, talk about the run defense, talk about the run offense. We're going to even get into money ball as it pertains to the quarterback position. But first, I want to talk about big picture. Let's list all the teams in the NFL that can challenge the 49ers this season. Go. You know, you go first. Name one team in the league, the entire league, that can challenge the 49ers. It ain't Arizona. We knew that. It's not Dallas. We knew that. But Dallas got destroyed by a 7-6 and six team. A team that was 7-6 and six before it destroyed Dallas. It's Buffalo. So it seems to me that teams that can challenge the 49ers, if, that, if there is a list of teams, if that list exists, no team in the NFC is on that list. Not even, not Dallas, not Philly, not even Detroit. Detroit looked good yesterday, not Detroit. You know why? Jared Goff. So not Detroit. Are there teams in the AFC that can challenge the Niners? I guess we'll find out tonight. We're going to watch Baltimore. We'll find out next week when the Niners play Baltimore. That's one team potentially that can challenge the 49ers. Kansas City? Maybe. Just because they have the best quarterback in the league. And then what other team? Buffalo. Maybe. Even though they're 8-6. and six. Miami? No. No, absolutely not. That team is fraudulent. The Niners would make... We have already saw what they did to Tua Takavailoa. I'm not... I don't, I don't take Miami seriously. <laughs> I think it's Baltimore, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Those are the only teams that can come close. It would be interesting to see what the Niners did against Josh Allen. What they could do against Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, those are the, I mean, that's it. And Lamar Jackson, you have to have an MVP level quarterback to challenge the 49ers because you know what? The Niners have an MVP level quarterback. The Niners, the Niners do. And he makes $900,000. Everyone else's MVP level quarterback makes like $50 million a year, $60 million. Not the Niners guy. He's still working for tips. And until the other the rest of the league sort of catches up to this money ball approach the Niners have, I, I don't know that any team can challenge them. They just have so much more money and resources invested into the rest of their team than other than other teams. Most teams are highly invested at quarterback for a good reason. The Niners aren't. And their quarterback's probably going to win the MVP. It's not fair. It's absolutely not fair. Brother Bob says, Iglet, I like that pimpin' hat, Cam Newton-ish. What do you think? I'll wear I'll wear the hat during the show for you. What do you think? I like it too. I should wear it more often. Thank you, brother Bob. Moving on. I think Brock Purdy won the MVP award today. What do you guys think? It was it was coming down to him and Dak Prescott. After Brock Purdy beat the Eagles, he became the MVP frontrunner. Then Dak Prescott beat the Eagles but in less impressive fashion than Brock Purdy did. And he became 
the MVP front runner now. He just lost to the Bills and he's really not that good. And Purdy won again and kept doing the things that he does. He's going to win the MVP. It's been his year. Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Is he the best player in his offense? I don't know. Maybe not. But he's doing his job to perfection. You can debate how hard his job is, but you saw Sam Donald when he came in the game, right? He looked trying to be fair here. Awful. And yes, it's a quarterback friendly system. But if you're not a good quarterback, Kyle can't change that. Sam Darnold, probably not a good quarterback. Brock Purdy, damn good quarterback. After the game, Kyle Shanahan was asked, what makes Purdy special? And he got right into it. Sees the field as well as anyone. And that is something we've noticed from Brock Purdy right away, right? He gets through progression. He sees things that most quarterbacks don't. How often would we say, like, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see X or Y. He just was locked in on the first read because Kyle Shanahan said that guy would be open. A lot. Brock Perry doesn't seem to care. He just seems to have a feel for where the opening's going to be. He can get to the third, fourth read in his progression quickly. That's a skill. Hard to tell when you're watching tape. So the ability to see the field, I mean, better than Jimmy, better than Kaepernick, better than Alex Smith. It's really what sets him apart. The accuracy is top level. The, the mobility is not even underrated. It's good. And he needed no development. He's improving, but he's ready to go right away. So not only should he win the MVP, but he's sort of changing the paradigm at quarterback in the NFL. Is he not? Kind of like how Steph Curry changed the paradigm for what a basketball player looks like. Um, Purdy's changing the paradigm. It used to be to get a quarterback in the NFL, a franchise quarterback, you had to be 6'4", have a strong arm, and uh, be really strong or really mobile. And there's like seven of those guys. Well, there's a lot of guys who look like who looked apart, but guys who actually play well and fit those descriptions, there's like seven of them at a time in the NFL. So the thing about the NFL was is it was a quarterback-driven game, but there aren't enough quarterbacks to go around. So if you don't have one of these top seven, eight quarterbacks, you're screwed. Good luck. All of a sudden, Purdy is showing the Niners, the league. Nah, you don't have to have one of these top seven physically gifted quarterbacks. You don't have to. You don't have to have a guy who's six foot four, 230 pounds. He could be six one. He could be six feet. He could be 200 pounds. Doesn't have to have a strong arm. But as long as he's been developed before he came to the league, he's cheap, he's accurate, he can see the field, and he can move a little bit, and his team's good, he can win the MVP for like $900,000. So Brock Purdy, not just an MVP, but a trailblazer. Good for Brock. It's a pleasure to watch him play. He's a lot of fun to watch. Some quarterbacks aren't. He is... So you call him a game manager, but game managers are usually really boring to watch, right? Check it down. Don't take risks. Protect the football. Brock Purdy is not boring. He might be the most exciting game manager I've ever watched play, which means he probably isn't a game manager. I asked him to his face, do you call yourself, do you consider yourself a game manager? He didn't He didn't say yes. He's like, uh, I don't want to answer that question, which is funny because he could say like, hey, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. I manage games real well, but there is something wrong with being a game manager. It's a pejorative. 
And he's graduated beyond that. You can't call a, a potential MVP a game manager. Can you? It's kind of disrespectful. Josh says there was something in the air that night. The stars were bright. Fernando. He changed my life. Matthew Sanders says something occurred today. We say it's close uh, between Brock Purdy and CMC for MVP, but who would you rather lose to injury? I think we can win without CMC easier than BP. After seeing Sam Darnold today, yeah, I hear you, man. You don't really want to see him in there for an extended amount of time. Brother Bob says that had a smooth, fresh, tight fedora. Is it a fedora or is it a little bit bigger than a fedora? Should I wear it like this? Let's like cover my face like Neo. For the things you do. Neo. Sexy love. That's how Neo sings. Charles Michael Sinclair says, give me some Harbaugh to the Chargers propaganda. I've been saying that. Why would he not go to the Chargers? He he played for that organization. He used to coach in San Diego. I know the Niners don't play in San Diego anymore, but it's not that far from San Diego to Costa Mesa. It's like an hour or something. All right. I talked about this a little bit, but I think it's really cool what the Niners have done. They've sort of pioneered a little bit of a money ball approach to two positions, two very expensive positions. Quarterback, right tackle. Okay. There are not that many good quarterbacks. There are not that many good right tackles. Can we agree on that? If Mike McGlinchey's making $17.5 million a year, we can agree there are not that many good right tackles. If Jimmy Garoppolo is making, what, $25 million a year, there are not that many good quarterbacks. There is a supply and demand issue. And rather than play that stupid game, and spend way too much money on a mediocre right tackle or a mediocre quarterback, instead of doing what C Seattle did and give a bunch of money to Geno Smith for no reason, instead of doing what the Raiders did and give a bunch of money to Jimmy Garoppolo for no reason, the Niners did that once, but not again. Instead of doing what the Broncos did and gave a bunch of money to Mike McGlinchey for no reason, the Niners were like, you know what? We know what Mike McGlinchey is. We can get Mike McGlinchey level play for a million dollars a year. We can win with Mike McGlinchey. We don't need to pay Mike McGlinchey what he's what he can get in the open market, but we can win with his level of player, and we can get his level of player for a million dollars a season. They're right. Colton McKivitz is no worse than Mike McGlinchey. He's worth the million dollars. What's up, man? Hold on. I'm getting text. Oh. Okay. Good to know. I don't have to do my sponsorship today, so never mind on that. I'm just going to go right past that. Anyway, quarterback money ball. I think this is a really important epiphany for teams to have. You don't have to spend market rates on certain positions because there's a supply and demand issue. You never want to overpay for mediocre quarterback play. You never want to overpay for mediocre right tackle play because at quarterback in particular, game managers are a dime a dozen. They're coming out of college fully formed. You can get a guy like Aiden O'Connell in round four. Or five. You can get a guy like Bailey Zappi on day three. Look at all these quarterbacks who started four years in college, throwing like 1,500 passes in college, aren't physically gifted, six foot one, not super strong, come to the league, they can play. Jake Browning, Nick Mullins. Instead of pretending you have a difference maker at quarterback when only five teams do, don't give a bunch of money to some guy like Kirk Cousins who's not a difference maker. Just admit that you're acknowledge, admit that you're one of the 27 teams out there looking for a game manager. 
and spend as little money on that game manager as possible so you can elevate him with the supporting cast. That's what smart teams do. That's what the 49ers do. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy isn't worth big bucks one day. I don't know. We'll find out. But right now, the fact that he's worth $900,000 is the biggest advantage. It's what really should win him the MVP award. Talk about value. $900,000. It's so disruptive what the Niners are doing at this position that the rest of the league is going to copy it. You're going to see all these mid-level quarterbacks get cut or have to restructure their contracts because that middle class for quarterback should be gone. You're either a top five player in the league, difference maker, making $50 million a year, or you're a game manager making 900 k There should be no in-between because there are so many good game managers available who you could pay 900 k to. Why, why would you ever spend a first-round pick on a player like Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Kenny Pickett when there are really good, experienced game managers and on day three? The less you can spend on your quarterback, the better your team's going to be. And it, again, it used to be, but you can't find these quarterbacks. If you find one who's halfway decent, make them the highest paid player in the league. No, don't do that. That's the worst thing you can do. Niners figured it out. How many other teams are 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 close to figuring that out? No one this year. I think it's why the Niners are so much better than the rest of the league. They don't have this big bloated quarterback contract on their books. They don't. Most teams do. And the Niners have done such a good job of spending the money elsewhere. They got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They went cheap at quarterback. They went cheap at right tackle. It was the first thing they did. Splurged on Javon Hargrave. Get the number one free agent. They couldn't have done that if they had an actual quarterback. Make, I mean, a, a quarterback making actual quarterback money. They couldn't have done that. They got to pay Nick Bosa quarterback money. They pay quarterback money on their left tackle, their D end, their freaking offensive weapon. More teams are going to start doing this. Offensive weapon salaries, wide receiver salaries are going to go up. Tight end salaries are going to go up. Offensive tackle salaries are going to go up. And quarterback salaries is going to be this huge gap. The haves and the have-nots. Until they change the CBA. This is a major loophole in the CBA that the freaking vets created. And it's going to cost them money. They don't want a lot of practice time because they're older. They also don't want a lot of practice time because that's when coaches develop younger players. So without more practice, players can't get developed and there's more need. There's more demand for older players to stick around and get more contracts. It's all about them. But what this is going to do is actually the rookie wage scale, because again, vets don't want rookies taking their money. The rookie wage scale has made these college quarterbacks so valuable. It's going to push out the Jimmy Garoppolo's. It's going to push out the Kirk Cousins's the Matt Stafford's of the league. It's about time. It's ridiculous how much money these mediocre quarterbacks have been getting in the last 10 years just because they might look like a franchise quarterback for a day. I like the, I like the Brock Purdy effect, the Brock Purdification of football, of the NFL. Uh, Alex Mack or Jake Brendel? I mean, Alex Mack was a better player than Jake Brendel, but Jake Brendel's good too. Andrew says, who is your best quarterback comparison to Brock Purdy? I don't have one. What you got? He reminds me of like a combination of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes with a little bit of Joe Montana sprinkled in and the essence of Steve Young as a garnish. I don't know. 
I don't know. Serenity says, uh, like in nice GC on Purdy. I freaked when Purdy got hurt by AZ and think he is our MVP. He'll be all right. He's a tough guy. Double B Studio says Lamar uh, running for his life right now. Is that true? Hold on. Let's see. Every time you look like you think, hey, maybe there's a team that can challenge the Niners. Okay. So they're up three nothing so far. All right. We'll, 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 we'll check in on them. Double B Studio says Lamar running for his life right now. Autocorrect. Got you. Paul, should the Niners have drafted Kirk Cousins instead of the Michael James in 2012? Yeah, I'm thinking so. Kenny G says, what do you think about the tacos picking up DC, Matt, Patricia, LOL? I've been laughing all day. The Eagles are the tacos? Why are they the tacos? Yeah, Matt, Patricia, he's really going to help. That team is in shambles. Never seen a team lose two coordinators and fall apart quicker. All right. This is a little schematic. I don't know if you guys care, but on Thursday, my favorite position coach on the Niners, I mean, they're all cool, but Chris Forster, the offensive line coach, he talks every week. He's a lot of fun. He answers every question in depth and talks a mile a minute. He's a lot of fun. And he, he casually mentioned last week when answering a question about the importance of a fullback, how ironically enough, the Niners' number one run play this season does not use a fullback. He didn't say what the number one run play is, but you know what it is, right? Quiz, what is the Niners' one run, number one run play this season? It's been their number one run play for a few seasons, I believe. Do you guys know? Do you guys know? I think I know. I'm going to say it. I'm going to look at the chat real quick, see if anyone's got it. Does anyone know? I know it. The Niners' number one run play. Give me the concept. You don't have to say what. Just describe it. Anyone? 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 You guys don't know. I'll tell you. Toss to the left. Toss to the left. That is not outside zone. Outside zone is that stretch handoff to the right. Toss to the left. And the Niners do it in a couple different ways. Usually it's one back formation, not a two back formation. Okay, so what they'll do is they'll take, go to the left. They're going to take that defensive end on that side trying to set the edge and they'll either crack down on him with a wide receiver. So block him toward the center with a wide receiver, right? Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, that works. But really, their bread and butter, the way this works the best is they'll have, say, say George Kittle at the point of attack on the left, and they'll have Kyle Juszczyk come in motion. And those two will hit the DN trying to set the edge and widen him, push him towards the sideline, the opposite direction. They did that any number of times today. And it could be Kittle and Juszczyk or Kittle and another tight end. But you have those two guys creating movement. You have Trent Williams, the best offensive tackle in the game, leading the way. No one can cut his legs or cut him down. I mean, he just rumbles through the, the defense, and you got Christian McCaffrey following him. Simple as that. That's what I like about football. You can do all kind of crazy, intricate stuff, but if you have really good players, there are some simple concepts that should work over and over and over again just because you got the talent. The Niners got the talent. That toss to the left, no one can do it as well as them. It's not an outside zone play. It's just a different way to manipulate that D end on the left side. You get Trent Williams. Trent Williams isn't blocking him. He runs around him and leads the way. And you either have Brandon Ayuk blocking him from the outside or Trent or, or Kyle Juszczyk blocking him in like a jet sweep block motion. They've been doing this for years. I like to watch them play. I, the Niners are so good at this point. I'm just like taking notes like, oh, that was nice. That was really good. I bet other teams are too. 
They're just like running clinics out there. Quite enjoyable to watch them do their thing. Niners Jive says, shout out to Jimmy not getting to play when the Raiders were up by a million the other day. Not sure if he dressed or not, but if he did, LOL. The Raiders gave Jimmy Garoppolo 75-something million dollars. His cap number next year is $28 million and they can't get rid of him. Do you understand? I, and the Raiders get it now. The whole league gets it, but the Niners got it first. The Raiders are like, why would we spend $25 million a year for Jimmy Garoppolo when we can get the same level of play, if not better, for 850 k with Aiden, Con Aiden O'Connell? True, but uh, Garoppolo's on your books. Sorry. Too bad you didn't have this epiphany last year. Not even last year. This calendar year. I mean, imagine if the Seahawks had figured it out instead of giving a bunch of money to Geno Smith. The Niners might actually have teams that challenge them in their division. Kyler Murray making too much money. Matthew Stafford making too much money. Geno Smith making too much money. A lot of quarterbacks in the NFC making too much money. And a bunch of weak teams to show for it. Jesse Thompson says, Bell is a liability returning punts. <laughs> Yikes. Let's talk run defense, though. We knew the run defense was going to be an issue in this game, considering Eric Armstead was out. Javon Hargrave was out. So you got two backup D tackles starting in Kevin Givens and Javon Kinlaw, and then two third stringers playing in T.Y. McGill, practice squad guy, and Kalia Davis, who really has only played a few games in his career. So we knew it was going to be an issue here. The Cardinals don't have much, but they actually have a pretty good offensive line. They're averaging. It came into the game averaging 4.7 yards per carry, which is what the Niners average. And they frankly steamrolled the Niners. It didn't matter because the Niners scored 45 points and you're not going to be an offense, a team with an offense like this running the ball. You're not. But wow, it was instructive. It was interesting. We learned that the Niners really, 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 really need Eric Armstead. Javon Hargrave's great too, and he's going to be, I mean, he's a leading, he's leading the Pro Bowl voting at D tackle. Armstead isn't. But Hargrave is a better Hargrave's a pass rusher. He's not anywhere near the run defender Eric Armstead is. Eric Armstead, who doesn't like me at all, I'm just showing you how unbiased I am, is one hell of a player. He's and it's like his career has changed so much. When he came into the league, he was a third down pass rusher. The Niners didn't trust him to stop the run because he's so high cut. Most D tackles aren't six eight. There's a lot of leg there, a lot of a lot of area for offenses to block you in, in different combinations. You're a big target. So he was a pass rusher at first. Then when Robert Sala got here, he's like, man, you can't play D-tackle for me. I'm moving you to defensive end. Played him out there for a long time. Finally, a couple of years ago, D'Amico Ryan's like, you know what? I'm going to see what it's like playing him at, at D-tackle all three downs. And you know what? He's great at it. You can't run the freaking ball his direction. So if he plays next week against the Ravens, they should be fine. But without Armstead, he really is one of their most valuable players. He's so responsible for their run defense. If they get Hargrave back and not Armstead, I'm curious to see what their run defense is going to be like. Because, like, for example, what was Arizona doing schematically? They're not like the Niners. They're not doing toss to the left and outside zone to the right. They're really more in the shotgun and running zone read where the running back is running between the tackles and the offensive linemen are just called duo blocking where there's two there's two 
double teams at the point of attack. Both defensive tackles getting double teamed. Two on one, right up the middle. And um, you can't move Armstead like that. You can't. You can move Kinlaw like that. You can move most defensive tackles like that, but you can't move Armstead like that. It's going to be how Baltimore attacks him next week. So there's really no schematic adjustment. It's get Armstead back. You know they're going to be two double teams at the point of attack. You know Kinlaw can't is going to get moved around. You know Given's going to get moved around. You know Hargrave is going to get moved around to a little bit, to a, to a degree. Armstead is that important to this team. Without him, they can't really stop the run. Armstead. So got a knee injury. We'll see when he comes back. We'll see how effective he is when he does come back. Sean says, I need to see Cam Newton front and center. He said Brock is a game manager. Greg Jennings as well. He said Murray over Brock is a no-brainer. Clowns. I'm really not impressed with Murray today. That being said, if you put Kyler Murray on the Niners and Brock Purdy on the Cardinals, I think this, the score of this game would have been exactly the same. Is that fair? I think that's Cam's point. Cam's point is, if you took Brock Purdy off this team, how many other quarterbacks in the league could you put on it and would they still win? I'm thinking 25. Is that is that wrong? This season flashed before my eyes with about four minutes left in the half, says Joshua Wyatt. Kyle still hasn't proven he can keep a running back and a quarterback healthy for a full season. No. That was scary. The idea that he would lose Purdy and McCaffrey in the same series against the Cardinals was, yeah, not ideal. Too much sauce. Says C-Mac demanding way too many snaps, it seems agree. Yes. Yes. It seems pretty clear that um, Christian McCaffrey is extremely forceful, determined, won't take no for an answer. And the Niners aren't particularly um, eager to say no to him. He wants to win whatever award he wants this year. Offensive player of the year, MVP. And uh, when they're in the red zone, he's not going to let those touchdowns go somewhere. Do you remember how upset he was? Was it last week when he had that 70-something yard run and didn't got tackled at the three-yard line? Do you remember how upset he was that Jordan Mason got the touchdown instead of him? Kenny G, do you think our offense could carry in a big game, i.e. Super Bowl, if our defense doesn't come to play? Yeah, because they have a good quarterback. Unless Kyle Shanahan blows it. Matthew Sanders says Jimmy is uh man, I'm not saying that, man. I'm not saying that. People can read that, but I'm not saying that. I don't know why. I just don't feel like saying it. <laughs> Let's talk Diamador Lenore. With these games down the stretch, you knew the Niners are gonna win by a lot. They won by more than maybe you expected. They scored a lot of points. But it's really about who gets hurt. Okay, you won the game, but what player did you lose? For a second, it looked like Brock Purdy. For a second, it looked like Christian McCaffrey. For a second, it looked like Nick Bosa. Okay, those three team MVPs didn't get hurt. Diamondo Lenore did, who's an unsung hero on the team. And maybe you're like, it was just Lenore. Eh, Lenore's been great this year. He's not going to make a Pro Bowl, but of all the players in the Niners who won't make a Pro Bowl, he might be the best one. He's a really good starting cornerback, and he injured his rib. Didn't come back in the game. Maybe it's one of those things where they're just being cautious and they're up by a lot. And if it was earlier or closer, he would have came back. But rib injuries are rough. I mean, it's not the kind of, it's just, they're so painful. And if he has a little hairline fracture in the little rib cartilage or whatever, it's just, it's just a few weeks. So it seems like worst case scenario, he probably won't miss a playoff game. 
because of his injury. Best case scenario, he won't miss any games. And maybe medium case scenario, if that's not really a thing, is that he could miss a couple games and be back for the end of the regular season. So we'll find out more about Lenore's status next tomorrow when he has an MRI or whatever. Kyle Shanahan talks about it. But this is something to monitor. Ribs are kind of finicky. You can break them easily. And if you do, it's three weeks at least. It's really painful. Remember Jaquaski Tart injured his rib 2019? Missed some time. It's just so painful. If it's a pain tolerance thing, it's hard to tolerate. So, Diamador, we're thinking about you. Good luck. Wave 9 says, not a Cardinals fan, but Kyler had poop wide receivers. That's true. Imagine him on the, on the Niners. Also has CMC responded to uh, Cam's game manager comments, kind of telling LOL. It's true. We played with Cam. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Kyler's pretty good, and I think if you put him on the Niners, the Niners would win every game, just like they already do. Sean says, yeah, that's a that's a wrong. That's wrong. I don't believe Kyler can go through his progressions to find the open guys like Purdy can. Purdy elevates this offense. Possible. Possible. But even with a quarterback who doesn't see the field as well as Purdy, I still think the Niners would win a lot of games. I mean, they won a lot of games with Jimmy. Kyler's a lot better than Jimmy. Is he as good as Purdy? No. I don't think he is for the reason you just stated. But I still think they would win and score a lot of points with Kyler, um, who I'm not a big fan of. Frankly, I thought Josh Dobbs did a better job against the Niners than Kyler Murray did. Am I the only person that felt that way? Josh Dobbs was efficient. Josh Dobbs didn't throw two picks. Did he? Maybe he did. I don't know. Hold on. I want to I, I wanna know. I want to know. I want to know what makes you cry. Okay. No. He was 28 of 41 for 265 yards, two touchdowns, no picks against the Niners. Who does Kyler Murray think he is, huh? Not Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Kyler tries to do too much. He doesn't see the field as well as Purdy. I'm with you on that one. I want to know what makes you cry. Sorry. DSR review says, don't want to hear any more about trap games within with, within division opponents. It's non-existent. Nice hat. You're right, man. There was never going to be a trap game. It's a divisional opponent. The Niners were, it was a it was a t-shirt and hat game. They clinched the division. You really think they weren't going to show up for this one? I want to know. I want to know. Good stuff. Thanks for watching, everyone. It's dinner time for your boy. I'm going to go eat some food. Thank you for watching my instant reaction. Let's go watch Baltimore, huh? What time is it? What, what they got going on over there? Let's see. Oh, they're winning three to nothing. Woo! What a game. That seems like a team that's going to beat the Niners in a week. A team that's up three nothing on Jacksonville. A team that the Niners destroyed. I just want to say I saw this all coming. During training camp, Brock Purdy, he threw a lot of picks. Did I make a big deal about it? No, absolutely not. I was like, don't pay too much attention. He's going to be the MVP. I think I said that. I was the only person that said Brock Purdy is going to win the MVP. Isn't that true? I'm pretty sure that happened. I have to check. So congratulations to me. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll see you guys tomorrow.